There are some really valuable insights that organisations and CX leaders can learn from professional football coaches, especially when it comes to conquering organisational silos and driving collaboration. In this episode, I'm going to draw on my experience working for a professional football team, sharing some insights and ideas on how high-performance culture operates. These principles can help you enhance customer experience management within your organisation, regardless of whether you're a sports fan or not. Welcome to the Customer Smarts Podcast, where you'll discover smarter ways to deliver customer experiences. I'm your host, Justin Stafford, and I've been helping big brands with digital transformation and CX strategy for many years. During my career, I spent a few years as head of brand and digital at the West Coast Eagles in the AFL, or the Australian Football League for some of my overseas friends. I was lucky enough to be there during a year where they went on to become the number one team winning the premiership in a stadium packed with 100,000 people. It's one of the greatest days of my life. And it gave me some really valuable insights into high-performance culture and operating at the elite level. So let's start by comparing a professional football team and a large business to see what we can learn. In a company, you have a CEO and employees. And in a football team, you have a coach and players both trying to get the best out of people to beat competitors and become number one, either number one football team or number one brand or company in their category. Basically, it's the same goal when you strip it right back. So how does a football team become number one? Now, my context is from an AFL perspective, but the concept applies to other team sports like soccer or even basketball. In most of these sports, you tend to have a defense or back line where the goal of the players is to stop the opposition from scoring goals. Then you have a middle or center line where the job of the players is to link the movement of the ball from the defensive half of the ground to the forward or offensive half of the ground. And then you have the forward line or offense to score the goals. But don't worry, non-sports fans, I'm not going to get too technical. That's about it from here on. Now that we have that established, Here's the pathway to become the number one team. First step normally starts with a new coach who needs to design a new game style and system. They start by developing a vision and a plan on how to become the number one team with the players they have, much like a new CEO would do. The most important part of their plan is designing a game style and system that defines how each of the players will work together to move the ball to beat competitors. The most famous example of this actually comes from basketball. Chicago Bulls coach Phil Jackson could have designed a game system around the best player of all time, Michael Jordan. Instead, he designed a system to get the best from every player. So Jackson guided Jordan's focus away from being the best player to being part of the best team which was really their secret recipe to them winning six championships in nine years. Step two, getting player buy-in to the system. Great coaches are great communicators. Same can be said for great CEOs and executives. If the players can't understand the game system and how to action it, then it's not going to work. Sometimes you see a team of superstar players but aren't winning all their games. It's because they really are lacking a system. Step three, Test and practice the game system. 
Coaches meticulously design training programs for players to adopt the new system. This involves breaking down the system into manageable components and relentlessly practicing them. The goal is to optimize the movement of the ball and synergy between the players. Step four, implementing the system on game day. Once the season comes along, it's time to play to the game system. Like with anything new, sometimes it works straight away, but more often than not, it takes a little while for the players to get it working properly. Step five, assessing success through the team's ability to play the system. From 2017 to 2020, the Richmond Football Club in the AFL won three premierships in four years. Their coach, Damien Hardwick, attributed victories and defeats to adherence or deviation from their system. The players had just such great clarity of the Richmond way, which was pivotal in their success. Look, I hope the football analogies hasn't overwhelmed you, but the core takeaway is that to become number one, you need a game system that helps players understand how they work together to beat competitors. In the AFL, they say systems-based teams win premierships. So when you compare the focus and effort on designing a system to get people working together in elite sport, it becomes really clear to me that most organizations are really lacking in this area. So let's move on to what systems organizations are working to when it comes to delivering customer experience. From what I see, there are two core ways, a product-centric system and a customer-centric system. A product-centric system is the default traditional way of structuring a business by product type or business unit, often operating in silos and competing against each other to hit their silo targets. Many companies are still stuck using this model. Now, as this episode has a football theme, I'm going to explain the problems with a product-centric culture and operating system as if it were a football game. The ball represents the customer, and I'm gonna put on my best commentator's voice for dramatic effect. We're all set and ready for kickoff. The product teams are gathered around the center of the field, licking their lips, ready to get going. And we're off. The ball is up in the air and oh, the product teams are supposed to be on the same team, but are fighting over the ball. One product team eventually wins the ball and passes it to marketing. Marketing looks forward and kicks the ball long into the forward line where sales and digital, oh, they're competing for the ball. There's a bit of a scrap, but digital eventually wins and converts. Then the crowd goes wild. Oh, looks like sales is unhappy. They're throwing their hands in the air, complaining to the umpires that, oh, the ball was flat and they couldn't convert. Further into the game, marketing complains that sales aren't catching enough balls and digital is too injured to convert any customers. Meanwhile, at the defensive end of the ground, customer service is missing players and being overwhelmed by customer complaints, zipping past them, balls going everywhere to the competitor's advantage. They keep complaining to the coach, but the coach is only focused on kicking goals and barely looking at the defensive half. Tech is focused on building a better stadium whilst trying to repair the player's boots. It seems all the players are complaining that the boots aren't good enough and are in a queue to get them fixed. Tech doesn't seem happy either. They're responding that they can't find enough boot technicians because there's not enough out there. They just don't exist. So are screaming, don't bother asking. Finance is sitting quietly on the sidelines running the team statistics, analyzing performance, asking whether they should increase the goal target next game by 15%. Okay, back to my normal voice. 
If this was a football team, they would be getting flogged and the coach would be sacked. But the game analogy I just commentated is based off what I've experienced firsthand and what I keep hearing from industry leaders. The product-centric system is a losing system. Okay, let's move on to the winning system that the most progressive companies are working to, which is a customer-centric culture and system. Some organizations have recognized this and have been on a transformation journey for numerous years, but there are only a handful of those who are doing it well. So what is a customer-centric system? Firstly, it's a commitment to put the customer first. Structuring the organization around your core customer segments or goals and then operating accordingly. No more competing in silos, instead working together on shared customer goals to deliver the best customer experience possible. It's more collaborative and efficient. Just think about Apple. They are the best example of being customer obsessed and their impact really speaks for itself. Interestingly, many companies actually claim to be customer-centric, but are a long way off systemizing it or operating in a customer-centric way. In this next segment, I'm going to give you four key things you need to embed a customer-centric culture and system that will help you and your organization rise to the top. Number one, embedding a customer-centric culture starts at the top. As a CX leader, you need to help the CEO and executive team understand that a customer-centric culture and system is how you become number one over the long term and get them to commit to the approach. Helping them understand the cost of bad customer experience and churning customers over the long term is the best place to start to get their attention. Developing shared customer-centric KPIs is also really important. If you want employees to work together, then you need to give them shared goals, much like football players. In the most successful football or sports teams, the focus of the players is on the shared goal of winning the game, not on how many goals the individuals kick themselves. If teams are measured in silos, they will operate in silos. Number two, centralized customer intelligence, which includes customer segments, journeys, and data, and all the other customer insights and research. As I explained with coaches, it's critical to get every player on the same page. Centralizing customer intelligence is how organizations can start to achieve this. Customer segmentation structure is the most important aspect to get right, as it's a way to connect teams with shared goals, as I mentioned previously. It has to be behavioral based, and I often find that structuring by customer goal is a great way to approach it. For example, buying your first home or upgrade to family home, uh, two customer goals that you might be able to focus on. It also has to be a structure that the entire organization can use. I talked about this in episodes two and three in a lot of detail. So if you want to dive into that more, check those out. Number three, customer-centered transformation strategy, which defines how you transition to a customer-centric operating model. As I mentioned, designing a system is crucial in team sports. The same applies to CX. I suggest co-designing the new customer-centered system and how it should work, collaborating with all the teams you can. So all teams, all key teams at all levels. It should be built from the core customer segments and journeys and define how all the different departments need to work together to achieve the optimal customer experience for each customer type. There is more on this in episode three, if you're curious. Last point, number four, embedding the new system and changing how you operate. 
it's best to start by testing the new operating model with one customer segment before rolling it out across the board. This way, you can test, learn, optimize, repeat until it's really showing some good results. It's also important to communicate those results back to the organization to build belief that this new way of working is a better way forward. Then look to scale up to other segments. In the football domain, a tremendous amount of focus is placed on embedding the system. Businesses really need to think in a similar way. This brings us to the end of the episode. To sum things up, organizations who put time into designing and embedding a customer-centered culture and operating system will be well ahead of their competitors. If you found this insightful, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button now as we have some great episodes coming up. And if you have any questions or would like any help with the topics I mentioned today, then reach out to us at customersmarts.co. Catch you next time.